some of you. Okay, so back in the back, Dr. Babbitts. I told you who he was yesterday. So don't make me look bad. I'm just kidding. Yeah, don't do that. I told him that you guys said that you would be as quiet as possible. He was like, no, that'd be a bad idea. See? 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 That's also bad. You could try. Don't take that as a challenge accepted moment. Okay, so today, today's the Bear River Massacre. I mean, today's not the Bear River Massacre. Because the first thing I ask you about is the date. Right? Now, why? Now, don't memorize this date. This isn't one of our key dates that you need to know. It's not like 1865 or 1776, right? Uh, it's not one of those dates. But why would we be looking at these dates? Good. So we can see this is in the middle of the Civil War. In fact, this is something. So we talked yesterday. This is, and we'll talk about numbers a little later. Uh, this is probably the largest massacre of Native Americans in American history. Why don't people talk about it more widely? One of the theories, probably the most prevalent theory, and maybe the one that's the most logical, is that it's just in the middle of the Civil War. And they were more worried about things like Antietam and stuff than they're worried about now. Yeah, they weren't worried about us. Well, you know, not us the people that were here before. Uh, oh, before we go on to that, I want to just, real quick, I know that at least Chad has talked about this just a little bit. What do you already know? Nothing. Thanks for your honesty. It has something to do with Bear River, but not Bear River High School, the river itself. But that wasn't clear, yes. Bear River High School wasn't founded until the 1920s. I want to say it's 27. It was the Shoshone, excellent. <laughs> you got a wow, impressive over here. So, okay, so our knowledge is, so you don't know where this is even. It's somewhere around the Bear River. But not Bear River City. Okay, so this took place in southern Idaho. So you go up through Cache Valley up to Preston, like you have something to do in Preston. <laughs> then you can turn right to go kind of towards Bear Lake and all that kind of stuff, or you can turn left towards, I don't know, to be honest. But, but you go left out of Preston, and you just go down right there. It's right by Preston, Idaho, about 60 miles from here, about same distance north as Salt Lake is south of us. So this is really close. And this is the people, uh, I know some of you probably have Shoshone ancestry in here, uh, given that we live in Brigham City and this area. Um, this is the people that you know. This is the Northwestern band. The, the friends that you have, the, this is their ancestors. Okay, good. Now, we have to meet, if there's gonna be a massacre, someone has to do the massacring. And that someone, the one in charge, is a dude named Patrick Edward Connor. Colonel 
came from California. So a lot of times they'll call them the volunteers from California. Now, see this quote from Connor. What did he and his men want to be doing? They wanted to serve their country by doing what? Shoot traitors. And in 1863, shooting traitors means... Southerners. Yeah, see, remember our dates? Yeah, Southerners. So what do they want to do? They wanted to be in the Civil War. And where do they get stationed instead? Utah. Camp Douglas, which is, became Fort Douglas, is on the campus of the University of Utah. So he gets stationed there. Some of his men are so angry, 21% of them just desert and go home. Because it turns out that Connor does not like the Latter-day Saints. Well, actually, I'll just let you read this for yourself. How do they feel about each other? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like, I hate your guts as deeply as possible, 1 being like, we're friends, how bad do they hate each other? 11. Yeah. It's pretty extreme. They don't like each other. Yeah. Although I really like the most filthy and disgusting code of civilization I've ever heard. That's very clever. You, you like the other? Yeah. Thought you might. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. So they don't like each other. Now we got to do a little bit of Shoshone history. Remember, the Shoshone is one of those big nations like we talked about yesterday. Those big, huge ones. All the way from Wyoming to Nevada, Utah, up into Idaho. One of those big ones. And they're divided into bands, little groups called bands. And those bands are split into family groups called clans. And that's going to be really important in a sec. We've got a few of the big clans here. So there's the... Oh, shoot, what's his name? Sagwich. Chief Sagwich's band. They live out by Little Mountain. You know where that is, right? You go out, look west, there's a Little Mountain. If we have time, maybe we'll look at it later. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's not the most clever name. We have um, the Elk Clan, which lived right around here. We have Bear Hunters Clan, which lived up in um, Cache Valley. Every winter, not every winter, most winters they would get together and they would all camp together at this hot springs near Preston, Idaho. Yeah, you're all like, what? Yeah, it's, you've never been there. No one, no one chills out there. There's nothing cool there. There's nothing... Um, because this is the massacre site. So no one builds this up. So it's the same geothermal system as the nice hot springs you've probably been to, but it's not, it's not built up like that. Okay, so we got these three groups. They, it turns out, don't get along that well with their new neighbors. We've talked about this a lot, right? Right? What are some of the conflicts? Just 
refresh our memories, what are some of the conflicts between settlers and native people? Uh, good, we had the gender roles with the expectations they have going on, what? The diseases that are coming through? Trading is a huge thing. Their livelihood? The bison and all the plants, especially going across the Oregon Trail, this is huge for the Shoshone, by the way. So this, the Oregon Trail goes right through Shoshone territory. And their bison are all dying, and they are not happy, and they are frustrated, and they don't get enough food. So some of them choose to attack the immigrant trains. In the stories back in the 1800s, they tell this like, oh, yeah, you're going to get attacked by Indians. Be scared. In reality, it accounts for only about 3 or 4% of the deaths of people on the trail. Notice 3 or 4 isn't zero. So we do have some stuff. Of course, we've already learned about how the natives, you know, if someone takes away my food source, I don't know how I'm going to react. But it's probably not going to be positive. Right? We've, this is all what we've all already discussed. We've gone through all this. So let's get into some specifics with Chief Bear Hunter, who, by the way, doesn't have a picture, so I just put a picture of a bear. You like it? It's a nice bear. Look at him. Hey, now Bear Hunter had some special problems. He was the one in Cache Valley. And Bear Hunter's issue was that the natives and he really, really, really didn't get along. So when, like, Brigham City was settled, they had a fairly good relationship with the Elk Clan here. There was a few times they had problems, but the leader of the local group here, his name was Nichols, he was actually pretty good to them. At one point, they started rioting and demanding food, and he gave them food. If you guys are hungry, we're going to give you food. And they're like, oh, okay. We'll relax. In Cache Valley, they weren't quite so friendly. So over there, what happened was they were frustrated. They were angry over the food. And in one of those kind of, they had a physical fight. And one of the chiefs of Bear Hunter's group was killed. So the Shoshone did what they traditionally do, and they decided to seek retribution, so they killed two of the settlers. And how did they look at this? Yeah, excellent. Murder. So now they go back and they fight again. So there's all these skirmishes going on, starting in 1857. So remember, the key date here is 1863. So we're, we're fighting each other on and off. And by fighting, I mean like shots fired. This is not just fist fights. This is, we're taking pot shots at each other. We're occasionally killing each other. We're not, this is not a good circumstance. So into this, into this whole mix, we add Patrick Connor. He wanted to be awesome. He wanted to go down in history, his dream was to get glory in the Civil War battlefield. He ends up in Utah. He hates Indians. He hates Mormons. He hates Utah. He just hates everything about it. But he has an excuse now. So some more settlers get attacked on the Oregon Trail, and a judge issues a warrant for the arrest of Chief Sagwich, Bear Hunter, and Sandpitch. 
He's going to go and get them. So, he gets his army. He heads up. They go about 60 miles north one night. It's January. They camp at a little town you may have heard of. It's called Brigham City. They pick up their scout, because you do this with what they called an Indian scout. There's a local gunslinger named Porter Rockwell. Porter Springs is where he lives. Do you know where that is? You pass Walmart. You get on that road that's so stupid. There's no one in here who doesn't know what road I mean. Am I right? Yeah, okay. You get on that road that's so stupid. And you look to your left and you see the trees and stuff right there. And there's a little pond. That's Porter Springs. Porter Rockwell lived there. He guarded the stage, the mail, going to, to Logan. Okay, so they pick him up. And he guides them up to the Shoshone's camp. This picture was taken about 20 years after the massacre, 20, 30 years. But you can kind of see what it looks like. The hot springs, the... So let's hit the battle itself. Connor started by sending a very small group of people. He thought if they knew how big his force was, that they would not, uh, that they might run away or that they might fight back more effectively. So you see where he sends the first attack over, straight towards that Shoshone uh, position going on there. That is repelled. It is not effective. In that first attack, though, this is not, so Connor's not going to understand. One of the documents we're going to look at, he's going to say, oh, yeah, they had their wiki up built to fight back. No, they didn't. They had them built up to like absorb heat because <laughs> it's winter and they're at camp they ran out of bullets really quickly so bear hunter you know who that is now he starts going in front of the fire and he just starts like taking every iron thing they can and casting as many uh bullets as he can as quickly as he can then the second round hits see that uh mcgarry's flanking movement Connor sends the cavalry up and around the right side, and they come up on the other side of the Shoshone, and the massacre really starts in earnest. Connor gave them the orders to kill every man, woman, and child that they could find. So they did. They say that in order to save some bullets, in some cases, they would pound the children's heads in with rocks or throw them down on it. They raped a lot of the women. Bear Hunter, they found, uh, making those bullets. They heated up the bayonet that one of them had on the rifle and ran it through his head and killed Bear Hunter. Chief Sandpitch is killed. And uh, Sagwitch manages to escape. He's wounded in the hand. He gets one of his wives up on the horse behind him. They're trying to escape. She gets shot off the back of the horse. It saves his life. Um, doesn't help her and off they go we don't know how many Shoshones are killed but it's just a couple dozen of soldiers that are killed uh, Shoshone estimates 
the Connor estimated that it was about 250 to 300. The, I think the best number it comes from a dude named George W. Hill. He was a missionary to the Shoshone. He was there at the massacre site the next day and he counted people and he estimated it was about 375. We can't come up with a complete number because a lot of them were trying to flee across the river and that's when most of them were killed because what's a river like in Idaho in January? It is, yeah, it is not warm. So a lot of them get down, they try to escape, they realize they can't, they come back and, and they're slaughtered. So it's a massacre. Now, I ask you on your paper to give me what happened after. I meant to delete that question because it's going to take longer when I realized how long it was going to take because uh, there's a few things I want you to know. Uh, so we're going to pull that back out. And it's really typical. They're such a great example. And it's a really personal example. We live here because of the Treaty of Box Elder. So uh, tomorrow, we'll read the Treaty of Box Elder. It's really short. And we'll see how people interacted. Sound good? OK, so yeah, just write tomorrow by it or something. Now let me remind you, how did the Mormons and Connor get along at the beginning? They hated each other's guts. After, it's a complete 180. They completely revert, reverse course. Once the massacre happens, they start saying, oh, well, this, this is it. This ends all of the skirmishes we've had with natives. And some of them even say it's like a heavenly intervention. And they start seeing it differently. So now let's talk a little bit about historical memory. What's historical memory? How we remember things. Yep, is it always accurate? Yeah, what did Jimmy say yesterday about it? His estimate was usually not quite accurate, but we'll, we'll see if it is. So read this one. This is Colonel Connor's official report. And while you read this, look for how did Connor describe the massacre itself? What are you noticing? Go ahead and shout it out. Or... Yeah, it's almost like I was strolling through the peaceful Idaho woods and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, here's these people. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. What else do you notice? Fiendish malignancy. You know what a malignancy is? Uh, some of you know what a malignancy is. It's like a cancer. Yeah. Oh, 
oh, yeah, like, like they're somehow gentlemen, and he's been like, oh, I challenge you to a duel or something. By the way, do you believe that story with the scalps? I don't know how believable it is. They could have got some, like it's physically possible, but it's not really a Shoshone kind of thing. I don't, I don't, I really wonder where that really comes from. Any others? A couple others had their hands up. Did someone steal your idea? Oh, yeah, good. Good. She said they were provoked. I like her word choice there. Yeah, good. You got it? Okay, one last thing. Same report. Same report. This is talking about historical memory. This is going to be important in a couple minutes. So read this and answer that bottom question. How did Connor characterize the support of the locals, especially the Mormons? matter of fact, one of the families, the descendants of the family, says that they even warned them that Connor's troops were coming, that there were actually about 1,000 people there, but about 500, 600 of them left a few days before, because the uh, George W. Hill, that same missionary, had warned them that Connor was on his way. That's probably not true, because um, Connor didn't warn anybody what was going on. So at least that far in advance, it's probably just his family's folklore, but it still shows kind of the attitudes are more complex. Okay, good? So we've seen Connor's report. You're all seeming a little sad because we're talking about a massacre. I'm sorry. So now let's go to the Deseret News. Who owned the Deseret News in 1863? Yes, good. It was officially owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So um, I'm going to have you read three or four excerpts of this and see. So this first one, what is the source of information? Who did this newspaper reporter go to for information? When he says volunteers, what does that mean? Who were the volunteers? The people who went to uh, arrest the Indian chiefs, right? So this is Connor's men, right? This is the militia from California. So this is that source. Can we trust that source? You're saying no. Why not? Yeah, good. Yeah, there's definitely a bias here. They just massacred a group of people. You don't massacre a group of people unless you really don't like them. So this isn't the great source. But on the other hand, what does make it an okay source? 
They were there. So it's firsthand. So it's firsthand information, but we know these people are super biased. It's almost like you guys know how to analyze primary documents or something. I'm impressed. You did well. Good. Good job. Okay. Oh, but there's another question there, isn't there, Isabel? What justification did they offer? What's their justification? Mm, that's good. Yes, good. They went out there to arrest the Indian chiefs. That's first. Sagwich. You'll see a story that says Sagwich did not survive, but Sagwich definitely survived. By the way, if you know any of the Timbuboo family, and you do, you might not realize that you do. Um, or the Perrys, the Perrys that are proud of their native ancestry, that's descendants of Sagwich. They, they are descendants, not that, that's the wrong. <laughs> they are descendants of Sagwich. Okay, there's one more justification they offered. Do you see it? It's kind of down near the bottom. Do I remember right? Oh, no, it's not here, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Okay, oh, here, here it is. Talking about justification again. Yep, Oregon Trail. We're going to make the Oregon Trail safe. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Last one. They were plundering what? So who, do, who are they implying they were plundering from? Yeah, excellent. The settlers. So they're, they're plundering the Oregon Trail. They're plundering Cache Valley. Interesting word choice here, plundering. They were taking their stuff. Is there possibly an innocent explanation for them having goods that are usually held by white people? Trade. Yes, good. Yeah, they might have traded this stuff. But you notice they don't even mention this. And the reporter, is the reporter, you see how the reporter's showing their own bias too? They're just eating this up. Okay. By the way, how does that show the attitude of the Latter-day Saints has changed toward Connor and his men? Did they approve of the massacre once it happens? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They saw this as the end of the Indian Wars in, in our area. Oh, last. Last. How did Connor get back? How did they get their wounded back? 
Yeah, they took him to Farmington, which is interesting. They didn't take him to Brigham City. They camped in Brigham City. We know Brigham City's halfway. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it's because, I hope, because that's where some of my ancestors lived. I hope they were like, yeah, they were pro pro Shoshone. I don't know. I don't know what they were really doing. But yeah, they go to Farmington and they take them. Who took them? I'll give you a hint, you're way overcomplicating it. Yeah, yeah, the soldiers themselves. The soldiers took them. The soldiers took care of the wounded soldiers. Okay. Now. There is, at the site, this big old monument. It looks like this. It was built of rocks from all different places, brought together, put not exactly at the massacre site, but closer to the highway. So there's this parking lot by it, there's a couple trees, and there's this thing, eventually they build this like iron fence so that cars don't hit it and damage damage the thing. We're going to look at two sides of this monument. Okay. The monument was built in 1932. So 1932, how long has it been since the massacre? About 60 years. Good. If you're better at math, let us know. Hey, okay. so check this plaque. What do you see? Are you finding it? The Shoshone are guilty of hostile attacks. There's one that's even stronger, though. They have stolen property. Excellent. And how do they justify killing all those little kids? It says they were combatants. The combatant women and children. Yeah, maybe they killed infants. But they were combatant babies. I don't know what that would look like. That two-year-old, yeah, I know. That's... Just see... I want you to notice in this plaque, do you notice how their historical memory, it's so strong that they make a plaque, but it, it's contradicting even itself. They give numbers of killed here. How many soldiers? 14 soldiers were killed. And then they give between 250 and 300 Shoshones. 14 versus 300. And then they call it a battle. So the, the evidence that it's already a massacre, they're seeing what they want to see. Yeah. When we see the 
all four officers, 49 men wounded. It feels like there's much greater detail about the Oh, good. It's because the soldiers' lives mattered, and they didn't think the other lives mattered. Yeah, it's good. You guys are doing an awesome job. I really like your, your thing. Okay, 1953. 1953, so it's now been like 80-something years since the massacre. And they put another plaque on this sucker. So first, what do they claim happened? What, what happened with the peaceful inhabitants of Cache Valley? They were just attacked by these people. But then what happened to the soldiers, the wounded soldiers? Where did they go for help? Yeah, the, those good pioneer women. They nursed them back to help in the, the city of Franklin. Is that what happened? No, do we have real evidence that says that this plaque is just a load of crap? Uh, yeah, we know that's not what happened. We have two different documents. We have corroboration. We have corroborating evidence that this is not accurate. They would have had the same evidence, but they don't see this. So they decide to repaint this as this thing where the, the Latter-day Saint women are saving these brave soldiers. Oh, and by the way, two Indian women and three children were found alive, and they were given homes in, in Franklin. That part's actually true, because I've talked to the descendants of those people. I did an interview with some of them. So that part's true, but the other part isn't. So they remembered it differently than what happened. So here's what would make a really great essay question. I want you to turn to your neighbor for a sec and have this conversation. Why do you think they wanted to remember this as a battle that they helped with? Why do you think they wanted to remember this as a battle that they helped or their ancestors helped with? So go ahead, have a little conversation. Okay, what did you think? What do you think? Why? Yeah. They want to look like the good guys. And in the 1950s and 30s, the good guys, the good guys are the ones that are the ones perpetuating this massacre. 
Oh, excellent. I love it. Oh, that they were useful and Oh, we're part, mm, good. So there's a lot more to this story that can be pulled in with all those persecutions and stuff. Good, good. You guys, those are good answers. Okay, any other thoughts? No, those, I'm impressed. Hey, just so you know, in 1985, a historian named Brigham Madsen wrote like the story of the Bear River Massacre. Madsen was a professor at the University of Utah. He wrote this book that you see in front of you, The Shoshone Frontier and the Bear River Massacre. He's the one who successfully argued, hey, calling this a battle is just ridiculous and stupid. Let's call it, let's call it what it is, it's a massacre. And they went through and changed the verbiage on everything. Talking about historical memory, that verbiage matters a lot. And you'll notice this more modern highway sign is much better. Now there's like an interpretive site and everything. Yeah. Those, they added a new plaque in 220, I want to say it's in 2020. Um, the Daughters of the Utah Pioneer added it an accurate plaque um, that kind of just talks about the, the massacre itself. Basically, yeah. There's, so now, if you go up, so if you're down in the valley, there's, there's this site that, hold on, go there. If you're down in the little valley, there's this site that you're seeing, but you go right up the hill, it's like, half a mile and there's now a whole bunch of interpretive plaques that really help you understand the whole thing that went on that were paid for by the Shoshone and research mostly accurately say what this is all about plaques like this is the history of plaques that's true <laughs> like what are we gonna do we're gonna add a plaque maybe we should add some more plaques around here we don't have enough plaques. We do have the, the Veterans Memorial out front. We have that beehive that has no plaque on it. We should put a plaque on it. We just need some historical memory. Hey, I did ask you, and this question's mostly on there because a lot of you have me for humanities too. Um, the Shoshone, interestingly enough, use this space in their commemorations. So this monument that, that like says their ancestors were horrible people, they use. Now, so I, they'll burn sage to, and this is a quote from my friend Tom, the Shoshone dude. Um, he says, sage lets the ancestors know that we remember them and that we're okay. And it calms their spirits. So they burn sage, where do they put it? They put it on this, this terribly inaccurate monument that says their ancestors were horrible people. So they use it as a platform for, their, for some of their ceremonies. And then they hang gifts and things, memories for their ancestors in, in the trees there. So it's, it's interesting, especially those who have me for humanities, that, that they've turned this site 
that was intended to criticize them into their sacred memorial space. And I kind of like that as the story. So tomorrow we're going to talk about what happened with the Shoshone after, again, because it's perfectly indicative of what happened to so many native tribes in the West. We'll keep going a little bit with that. We'll talk about some of the other things. We'll talk about Wounded Knee and uh, Custer. And then on Thursday, we're going to talk about uh, the Wild West shows and why people think the West was the way it, they think the West was <laughs> instead of the way it actually is. So I'm going to recommend you work on this. One of the documents that you're asking the questions of is uh, Connor's report. So that might be fresh in your mind. So that might be the one that I worked on today if I were you. But of course,